the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Chapter 10, Paul shows us that every man bears the responsibility of his choice. Man chooses his eternal destiny. Man chooses, get this, man chooses the origin of his birth. Does that sound strange to you? The reality is that you choose the origin of your birth because you are either going to be seen as born in Adam, that is, flesh, or born in Christ. You're either one or the other. Now, I'm born in Christ, but I'm wearing an earth suit. I'm wearing Adam attire, <laughs> okay? But you choose. You choose what your origin of birth is going to be. In the illustration of Israel, they chose their separation from God. They rejected the plan of God in order to establish a righteousness of their own. So in the beginning of chapter 10, what we see is the grief of Paul's heart concerning his brethren, concerning the children of Israel. And understand this, when you see Paul grieving over a group of people, and you'll see it throughout the Paulian letters, you're not just seeing Paul being empathetic or sympathetic. You're not just seeing Paul's heart for his Jewish friends, what you're seeing is the heart of God. Let's look at our text. We're in Romans chapter 10. We're going to try to get through verse 4, and I'll begin with chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, Paul speaking, brethren, with all my heart's desire and goodwill for Israel, I long and pray they may be saved. Here again, Paul's expressing towards Israel. You see, Paul identifies with them. He would, wouldn't he? He identifies not only in his heritage and his lineage, but he identifies with their desperate condition. He identifies with the futility of their striving and trying to be righteous through their behavior and through the law. And he identifies with the victimization that they're going through because of this religious standard. Now, none of us I take that back. Very few of us, if any, are Jewish. But the truth of the matter is that we still suffer under the victimization of standards, typically religious standards. 
but they can just be the standards that your mother put before you as a child. They can be the standards that your teacher set before you. They can be the standards of your employer. But we end up adopting those things as images to live to and therefore sacrifice our freedom at the foot of an image that is not what God intended. It is for liberty that he has set us free. Freedom is is knowing that No matter what this world may do to us, it can never take life from us. Freedom is knowing that the God within you, the life within you is sovereign and that you're walking in the plan of God. Paul was literally weeping for these people because he he came from that. He came from the victimization of that religious life where he strove and he tried and he gave everything to be righteous, to be... be one of the top Jewish leaders to be accepted by the religious system, to be loved by God in his mind. He kept the law. You can go in there and read where Paul talked about all that he endured in order to keep the law, all that he did in order to keep the law. What a heart he had to keep the law. But the law was not God. And then one day, and you know, here's the thing. In Romans 7, he tells you, he tells you, he says, you know, I read that the law says you should not covet, but it awakens covetousness in me. And that's an inner sin that nobody really sees unless you're just out and out with it. And he saw the contrast between what he was trying to be and what what was going on. So he saw it. And what a struggle he must have gone through. The standard for a Pharisee was well beyond anything we could imagine. What a struggle he must have lived in day in and day out while he strived to keep the standard, knowing all the while inside was missed by miles. He knew that every one of his brethren were living in that darkness. Every one of them was victimized by by this religious standard. And what's worse is that they were not even serving God. They were serving this religious law. That's what they were serving. They were trying to create their own righteousness, and one day they would find that it was no righteousness at all. The Jews had refused to accept the righteousness of Christ. They refused to accept that they could live in a love relationship with God by faith. Therefore, they could not see the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. It is by faith we live out and in an intimate relationship with God. It's done by faith. It's certainly not done by emotions because emotions come and go depending upon how much rest you had and what you had to eat last or what you're going through. But the truth of the matter is that emotions aren't the judge and jury of truth. God literally has put himself in union with us in order to have that intimate relationship. So day in and day out as we walk in midst of this this temporal reality, we have to choose by faith to live in the truth of that relationship. And every one of those Christians in, that Paul's writing to that same choice as they were confronted by the hostility of the government, the hostility of the Jews, and the disdain of all of their family and the people around them. They had to make that choice. We enter into that same conflict the truth is that they had totally forsaken what God had already revealed to them about himself and his desire for them. Second Peter 3 says, The Lord does not delay 
and is not tardy or slow about what he promises according to some people's conception of but he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that you should perish, but that all should turn in repentance. And the Jews had chosen their own path to justify themselves before God. They had rejected God's offering for grace. They were trusting in the law to deliver them. But the truth is that all the law could offer them was condemnation, death and condemnation. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3, 7, it says, Now dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone, the ministration of the law was inaugurated with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to look steadily at the face of Moses because of its brilliance, a glory that was to fade. What is Paul talking about here? Written in stone. The law written in stone. The Ten Commandments. Exactly had a fading glory, a glory that was to pass away. You see, that glory, the glory that was with the Ten Commandments was from the source. It wasn't from the tablet. And it faded away in the light of the new covenant. You see, what the Jew believed was life in the law was literally death. Paul declares it as death. Man always determine his own way to God. Man wants to determine his own approach. Man wants to establish his own grounds for acceptance. Man wants to to write his own way of obedience. And that was the case of the Jews. You know, I remember when my kids were little, I would go into their room and I'd say, listen, I want you guys to make your bed and walk out, come back, get back and they completely organize the toy box. But the bed's not made. And they said, look, we reorganized the toy box. I said, well, now that's great, but I asked you to make the bed. You see, unless you do what I tell you to do, you're still not being obedient how great your work is. That was a little broad for them to accept. But that was something that we had to learn. That obedience is doing what you're told to do, not doing what you want to do. Well, the Jews were doing what they wanted to do. They were approaching God their way. They had made God part of their tradition. They had made God part of their their way of living rather than God their life. Every man wants his own way. Romans says, Paul speaking, I bear them witness that they have a certain zeal for God but it's not enlightened according to correct and vital knowledge. Again, Paul bears his uh, testimony of the Jewish mindset. He says they had a zeal for God. Now, what that means is they had an enthusiasm. They had a desire. They had a passion. But here's the thing. Religious zeal is not necessarily based in truth. Now, we've just seen some horrendous examples of that lately, haven't we? Religious zeal is not necessarily based in truth. They had a zeal for God, but their zeal was actually for the religion, the religious approach to God, you know, that was zeal for God that prompted them to yell crucify him when Jesus was brought before them, before Pilate. It was their zeal, it was Paul's zeal for God that prompted him to imprison Christian men and women. That was his zeal. Philippians 3, 6, Paul says, As to my zeal, 
I was a persecutor of the church, and by the law standard of righteousness, supposed justice and uprightness and right standing with God, I was proven to be blameless, and fault was found with me. Again, zeal does not necessarily, religious zeal does not necessarily mean that it's based in truth. This was a misguided religious zeal. Ours to be, ours is to be our expression of Christ. It is to be based in who we are. Our zeal is to be based in our enthusiasm for the life that is within us, not for a form or for a principle or for a program, but for God himself. Paul says it's not enlightened. It's not according to a correct and vital knowledge. You know, he uses that word knowledge there. Just a little Greek lesson real quick here. He says it's not according to a vital knowledge. Now, normally when people speaks of knowledge, it uses that Greek word gnosis. And it's just that's speaking of general knowledge. I have a general knowledge of how to drive or how to uh, change the oil in my car. But I'm not a mechanic. Now, there's another word for knowledge, and it's epignosis. And epignosis, it speaks of a fullness of knowledge. It is a knowledge that you have such an acquaintance with that you're able to live in the truth of it. In fact, it is literally part of how you live. It's not an acquaintance. It's literally a passion. It's part of your life. And Paul says they do not have an epignosis. They do not have a fullness of knowledge. Now, this wasn't because the Jews did not have an understanding. This wasn't because they had not been shown the truth. This was because they had a zeal for something other than God himself. They had a zeal for religious practice. They had a zeal for their traditions. But they did not. Have epignosis. Now, you can have a false gnosis, a false knowledge. In other words, I think I know how to change the oil, but I might find out that I don't. That's how little I know. I could probably get myself in trouble. Epignosis can never be false. You can have a false gnosis knowledge, but you can't have a false epignosis. So what Paul is telling you is they didn't have a true knowledge. They couldn't even begin to have a true knowledge. They had an understanding, but they had rejected the truth. The zeal that the Jews expressed drew men away from the truth. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-three fifteen, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you travel over sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes one, a proselyte, You make him doubly as much a child of hell, Gehenna, as you are. It takes a lot of zeal to travel over sea and land back in those days. I mean, there was no train or plane. They had to walk it, and it was dangerous. So what Paul is showing, he's saying, look how much zeal you have to do this. Or Jesus is saying, look how much zeal you have to go out there and spread this, but you're spreading lies. You're spreading false truths. Your gnosis is not leading to life. Let me tell you something. Anything that you pick up 
and you read through, it can be Christian material. If it finds its answer in your determination, if it finds its answer in your understanding, if it finds its answer in you or in man, it's just gnosis. It's just gnosis. This Bible, this Bible is based in epignosis because it's based in him. It is a fullness. There's a fullness in this. Paul continues to tell us that they do not have a correct or are a idle knowledge. The Jews had knowledge of the law. They had the words of the prophets, but they had no comprehension of the revelation of the God that was in it. Their knowledge was about God, not in You've been there? I know people that know a lot about God, but they don't have a relationship with him of any depth. Many of us have studied the scripture and memorized the scripture in an effort to be more like Christ and draw near to God, but that never works unless you have an encounter with his life. Our knowledge can become epignosis when we allow the Spirit of God to speak it to us, when we allow the Spirit of God to teach us in our living. Religion is based on gnosis. It's not based on epignosis. There's a way and not the way. We know him through epignosis, the epignosis of the Spirit, not through the accumulated knowledge of man. And Jesus said this to the most zealous of Jews. He said in John 5, 39, he says, You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. They got it so wrong that they crucified the subject of the very scriptures they were studying. They would rather know him with their head than to know him as their life. For being ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribes, which makes one acceptable to him in word, thought, and deed, and seeking to establish a righteousness, a means of salvation of their own, they did not submit, did not obey, or submit themselves to God's righteousness. Now, Paul begins in verse 3 with the fact that God's desire was that they be made righteous. Look at that. Which God ascribes, which makes one, and the Amplified blows this up, and he says, which makes one acceptable to him. Not just acceptable, but acceptable in word, in thought, and in deed. Wow. I got to tell you something. The enemy is always at work to make us feel separated from our God, to make us feel that somehow he's, he's rejected us. Now, as I told you at the beginning, God has received us at the very beginning, knowing everything there was to know or will ever be known about us. And he accepted us fully. But his desire, even there, as Paul points it out, is that he have a relationship with you so that he can literally see you as fully accepted in thought, word, and deed. Fully accepted. Now, that's not saying that everything you do is righteous. What that's saying is that in everything you do, you have within you the righteousness of Christ. You have within you the mind of Christ. And what God wants from you is that you literally recognize, acknowledge, and walk in the truth of that life within you 
That's what that righteousness is. He's, he's clothed you in his righteousness, in the fullness of who he is. That was God's desire for them, that they be righteous in word, thought, and deed. Seek establish a righteousness of their own, a salvation of their own. They didn't submit. They were ignorant because they wouldn't obey, because they wouldn't submit. Their pursuit of fleshly righteousness became part of their establishment, and they were ever trying to affirm it. You know, the Jews came up with the Mishnah and the Talmud with 613 laws. Now, that's in addition addition to the Ten Commandments. Now, how many of you have been successful in just keeping the Ten Commandments? Well, you don't need to worry about your child of God. The Spirit of Christ in you fulfilled them all. 613, those were in addition. Now, they established their own standard. That's what that 613 was about, establishing their own standard. That's why Paul could say in Philippians 3 that according to the law, he was found blameless. You ever wonder about that? Well, what law was he talking about? 613 laws that they wrote, that the Jews wrote. According to their law, the law that they established, he was blameless. The law that would justify them before God. You know, they also wore what we call uh, phylacteries, one on the upper arm and one on the forehead. This was also to show their, their commitment to the law. And they would stuff them with, with uh, scripture. And, and these phylacteries, the bigger the phylactery, the, the more committed you were to the establishment of the law. And some of them, they were like leather boxes. Some of them got so big and so heavy, they literally had to hire someone to help them hold their head up as they walked. That's how big they were. But before you start mocking the uh, ancient Jew, I want you to be reminded of some of the stuff we've seen on Christian television. Because I got to tell you that the definition of having a big head is the phylactery. It could also be uh, the hair. So let's not, let's not mock. We all have our traditions, but none of those are based in Christ, are they? They did a lot to try to show themselves as righteous. Now, what is, what's going on here is this shows a choice. They had a choice. These people were willfully ignorant of, of the righteousness that God would ascribe to anyone who believed. They would not have what God did for them. They would not embrace by faith what Christ had done for them. There's a reason for that. Because in order to embrace the righteousness that God had for them, they had to embrace Christ. What's more, they had to leave behind all that they were doing. They had to leave behind their tradition. They had to leave behind their 613 laws that they were using to establish themselves because then they would be established in Christ. Israel is responsible for their ignorance, that they are responsible for their rejection. cannot blame this one on God. They, had, they established a way of, of living through their traditions and through their laws that were literally apart from God. And God's heart for them was to make them righteous. But they had distanced themselves through the routines, through the traditions. And we can, we can identify with that, can't we? Here's the reality of it. We distance ourselves through just living life sometimes. We can do that because life is so daily. And we find ourselves living day in and day out with God as a side note. We're living life for God. We're living life with God. 
but we're not living life with God in the sense that he is our life. What does that mean? Here's what I think. This is a faith issue for us. I've got to know every morning when I wake up that I am too weak to live a life apart from him. Every morning I get up, I need to know that the life that I'm about to live is a life that is in the path of God that requires God to live it. And then as I walk in the truth of that, I grow and expand in all that he is for me. Now, there's a difference between living a life to God and living a life for God and living a life with God. He has called us to live with him. That's why he joined his life to us. If he wanted us to live some other way, he would have said, well, here's my phone number. If you get in trouble, call me, right? But he didn't do that. He literally put his life in us so that there would never be any separation from him. You see, the Jews had their own traditions, and they had, they, those traditions were about God. They weren't with God. They were not literally life with God. They were traditions with God involved, God's name involved, God's law involved, but not God. It's like being married to someone and just living with them, celebrating anniversaries, celebrating birthdays, but never being intimate in the sense that you know them. That's what's going on here. There's a distancing between themselves and God. As Christians, we can relate to that. You see, God didn't call us to a life about him. He called us to a life with him. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to his life in every situation. Rest in his life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.